Energy Autism Podcast listeners, it's Barb Avila, and my apologies for not posting a podcast in a couple few weeks. Well, my book has come out, I have family in town, and to be honest, I've just been enjoying the last days of summer weather, and so I haven't posted. Um, I also need to do a shout out for the music that you just heard. That is my son. Um, he put that together for me. His name is Graham Lampy. So, um, yeah. So I've I've missed you and have um, one a, a podcast today that I think you might find useful, uh, either as an initial, like you've never heard it before. I think it'll be helpful for that. Or a refresher if you've um, if you're familiar with this kind of line of thinking. I'm going to talk about what to do when your child has challenging behaviors. So this podcast is going to be good for parents, especially, and that's who I'm going to be speaking to. But if you're a professional, this is also a way that you can speak to parents about this or share it with them. Um, so that you can uh, be a team with them in regards to challenging behaviors. So challenging behaviors, what are they? Okay, so these might be what you call meltdowns, shutdowns, refusals, dropping to the floor, hitting, kicking, biting themselves or others, destroying property, or some combination of these. There's many others. I've had a few children's parents already this school year report that behaviors are happening at school, so I'll cover that too. School started for many recently here in the United States. So here goes. First and foremost, when a child has challenging behaviors, I need you to know that your child is challenged by something and is indicating distress. Your job is to figure out the source of that distress so that you can accurately and adequately support your child to not feel so challenged. If your child is in school, go ahead and ask the school team for what is called a functional behavior assessment or an FBA. If your child is homeschooled or in a private setting, you can, you can be the one to lead, and hopefully I'll make this sound uh, like you can do that. Um, I, um, my goal is to empower you to feel like you can lead one with your team or ask someone you trust to lead one. So a functional behavior assessment. And this assessment is typically completed by a team, but it doesn't have to be. And it usually includes observations, interviews with people who are with your child, and a record review, so any evaluations and things. So that's when it's official. I'm going to talk also about doing it unofficially, but the bottom line is all of that is to determine the function the behavior serves for your child. You will most likely excuse me, you'll most likely need to request this <clears throat> from the team and often you will also need to sign a consent, just FYI. Without it though, behaviors are managed by the many people in your child's life who may be making assumptions about the reasons your child is struggling. Some of those people may assume that they are simply, your child is simply being ornery 
while others may overcompensate, coddle, and attempt to avoid the behavior ever happening by under-challenging your child, which potentially can lead to a different set of behaviors out of boredom. By having your child's team, including you, determine the reasons for the challenging behaviors, you and or your support team can then develop a what is called a positive behavior support plan for everyone to follow to ensure consistency. The facts of the matter are behaviors will increase if everyone is handling them differently. And the second part is behaviors will often increase then drop significantly if everyone is consistent. So I want to make sure you know that either way, the behaviors are going to increase at first. But they'll stay increased if everybody's handling them differently, and they'll drop significantly and even go away if everyone is consistent. And if you have the why or the reason for the behavior wrong, you may see the behavior reduce, but then another one pop up to replace the function of that first behavior. Now I want you, I want to help you feel less intimidated by this process. So it really comes down to one, being very concrete about the behaviors you wish to decrease, two, getting really good at observing your own child, three, teaching replacement behaviors, and four, getting everyone consistent. So let's tackle one at a time. So the first one is be very concrete about the behaviors. So be very concrete about the behaviors you wish to decrease or increase, but I'm going to stick with decrease today for the sake of brevity. If your child is having what you perceive as a tantrum, that is not being concrete enough. You need to be able to list the exact behaviors your child displays. What specific behaviors is your child doing that are getting in the way for them and you? If you just say a tantrum that for some kids is dropping to the floor and just refusal, other kids, that's all, that's kicking, hitting, kicking, spitting, etc. So it's really different. So what is specific to your child? Common ones are saying no, dropping to the floor, hitting self or others, kicking, spitting, yelling, swearing, grabbing, pinching, eloping, feces, smearing, and biting. Fun, challenging behaviors, I know. But these are all concrete and observable. Write them down, the ones that your child has. <laughs> now go to number two. Get really good at observing your own child. I hear it all the time. My child's behaviors come out of nowhere. They explode for seeming no reason. I am not one to say never, so I'll just say no one has ever convinced me yet that behaviors simply come out of nowhere. A person may be on such hyper alert or hiding their stress level. <coughs> Excuse me that when they finally can't hide or mask anymore, that's when they explode. But that is certainly not out of nowhere. So most often, if you can alleviate the stress the person or the child is enduring, you can alleviate challenging behaviors. So getting really good at observing your child may be to observe the lead up to behaviors carefully. 
Observe what they turn away from, what they refuse, or simply what they bristle at. Observe when they go silent if they are commonly making sounds or talking. Watch what their eyes are doing and what they are keeping an eye on, quote unquote, in case it change, they're watching it in case it changes or otherwise may cause stress. Take some notes as when that buildup happens, the length of time before the worst of the challenging behaviors and what seems to alleviate your child's stress. Number three, all right, teach replacement behaviors. This is the beginning of ensuring what is called a positive behavior support plan for everyone to follow. You have concretely identified the challenging behaviors, observed what seems to lead up to the behavior occurring, and now you need to decide what you'd prefer for your child to do in that moment instead. So if your child hits every time they are not wanting something to happen, you may decide that they're saying no would be a nice replacement. Or if they hit to get processing time, you may decide the replacement behavior is sitting quietly while being allowed or given processing time versus being rushed by those who support them. I'll tell you a quick replacement behavior for feces smearing during diaper changes that was really successful. We decided this child was getting into his diaper for the sensory experience. So we literally replaced the substance from his choice of what was available, feces, to our giving him a jar of coconut oil. It had the same consistency and who cares if it gets everywhere. It worked like a charm. Thank goodness. So now the last of the steps. Number four, get everyone consistent. This requires you to have your plan in writing so everyone can ask questions, problem solve, make revisions that are necessary, and then get down to business. So write down how to reduce stress overall for your child. This may include ways you know your child learns best. Write down exactly how you'd like everyone to respond to your child's escalation or lead up to the challenging behaviors. Write down what you want all to do in the middle of the tough behaviors. And you may remember from my other podcast that this usually just means ensuring safety and going silent as no teaching can actually happen in the middle of a behavior storm. And finally, the most important piece of all is spell out how you'd like to teach replacement behaviors. This is the real work. The practice that happens not in the moments of stress, but in day-to-day life. If you are wanting your child to say no versus hitting, for example, sprinkle in practice all day for them to say no when the stakes are not so high. If you want them to gain sensory input to regulate their body during learning moments, practice. They're getting their yayas out prior to daily activities like mealtimes, bath time, or reading together. Now, I, I hope that I have deconstructed what may have felt kind of scary. 
My hope for you is that you now understand and feel a little empowered. I'll be honest, I rarely get it exactly right and neither will you. So continue to assess the function or the why. Remember that if you are challenged by a behavior, your child is experiencing a challenge that is distressing to them. You are not there to help them, sorry, you are there to help them learn and practice new ways to reduce said stress. Not dole out consequences, which many of us fall into and simply do not work long term. All right, well, I wish you all better days ahead with reduced challenging behaviors and full of and days full of connection, understanding, and peace. Till next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Synergy Autism Podcast, where we bring research, information, and people together to best understand and love those with autism, also known as autistic individuals. Check out my website for lots of additional links, like my Facebook account, Instagram account, blogs that I have written, videos, and even courses that are both free and some that I have labored with some wonderful colleagues um, to produce just for you. And contact me with questions and ideas for future podcasts. I'm here. I'm listening. Till next time.